do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Giberless. This show is like a journal where I talk about all the things my brain has consumed so that they do not sit up in that dusty attic and slowly drive me insane. You may not have consumed some of this same media, so I feel I should warn of that possibility. Last, but least, in an idea stolen from John Gabrus, no H and John or Gabrus, I should offer to you the following deal. Rate the podcast, this one, five stars in iTunes, and I will read just about anything in uh, you put in the comments there. Bye. Uh, last but not least, I will push a button that will start a series of five five-minute timers like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Overworld 3, Lowering of the Vampire. Vampire spelt with a Y, of course. Movie the first, Underworld 3, I guess, sort of, Evolution. Shit, is this the third one or the second one? Ah, shit, I think I might have screwed up. Ah, you know what? Serves some goddamn right. If you're going to have... This really bugs me. Uh, if you're going to have a movie franchise that goes for like six movies and then not throw the number of the movie into the title, you're asking for trouble like this. So, yeah, take that. Mark off. That, that's a mark off I'm taking just because of that. Um, the Resident Evil did the same thing. What are you, too good for numbers? Movie franchise? Uh, Underworld Evolution. Yeah, these, I'm not really, it's weird because I remembered really liking these back in the day, but these, this, this re-watching of them, I find perhaps, and this occasionally comes up, but not as often as you think, and that is because I watch movies while playing video games and vice versa, uh, maybe my attention is not 100% on either thing. Uh, normally has zero effect uh, normally if there's going to be like a really in-depth movie, I'll, uh, I'll watch it with the misses because then full attention, uh, same with a game, uh, I'll, I'll pause whatever movie play and focus on the game, but you wouldn't think that would be something you would have to do with the underworld franchise. Perhaps that is a incorrect assumption because I find 
uh, my attention waning on it so much that half an hour will have passed and I'll have no idea what will have happened. So, uh, because that doesn't happen with most movies, um, I'm going to say it's the movie's fault. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Underworld Evolution gets like a, a two out of five. Which, if you know my scale, three is for enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. I, I didn't really have much in the way of enjoyment while watching. There were There's cool set pieces, but uh, overall, I don't know. They're not doing it for me like they used to. Movie the second, Night of Something Strange. Uh, this could fall into the category of... Uh, I had one not too long ago. I think maybe it was even last movie monologue? Uh, gutter Balls of movies where I think... And, and this one maybe did it a bit more than Gutter Balls. Uh, it's going to be like just stupid, ridiculous, gory, horry... Gory, horry... Gory uh, action. Maybe horry, yeah, in this case. Uh, but uh, they're sort of taking themselves too seriously for the most part and it sort of loses like i think you could do a movie like this right like uh, uh what's that adventure land is a good zombie not taking itself seriously one zombie land obviously that's a good one uh let me read the imda because it might be funny teenage friends out for beach week first of all what the fuck is beach week uh get unexpected unexpectedly detoured to an isolated motel where a deadly STV virus now runs rampant, turning those infected into the living dead. Sounds ridiculous. I wish it was more ridiculous and less bad actory taking itself seriously. There was, towards the end, I think whoever was making it sort of realized, yeah, this movie's dumb. Let's throw some stupid, like, giant penis monster type things in there uh and then then it got kind of interesting so uh, that's what i'm looking for in a movie like this so for that reason uh also two out of five oh not not on a good roll here uh next we have clockers uh this is another category that i have from time to time which is movies i thought i hadn't seen and then got some distance into them having realized i had seen uh, young drug pushers in the projects of Brooklyn lived hard, dangerous lives trapped between their drug bosses and the detectives out to stop them. This is, as I do believe they say, a Spike Lee joint. Uh, a lot of big names in this. Harvey Keitel, John Turturro, Delroy Lindo, uh, Keith David, yeah, I love him. Makai Pfeiffer, Isaiah Washington, Regina Taylor... Just, just you'll recognize most people from this movie, and it is a very, very good movie. Uh, sort of a boys in the hood. Um, you've probably seen movies like this, and the reason you've probably seen movies like this is because movies like this are often very, very good. Uh, this one included. I don't think I can give it a five out of five, just for the reason that it is in that category of movies I hadn't remembered seeing, whereas. Uh, Boys in the Hood, for example, I know I have seen a bunch of times, so I'm gonna take at least a mark off for that. But still, definitely worth a lot. Worth, worth, worth a lotch, which is similar to worth a watch. Jesus, uh, especially if you like this type of movies. Uh, last but not least, because we had two twos, uh, is Mindhorn. I find this happens. 
more lately, well, definitely than it used to. Uh, this is a Netflix created. Is it? I thought it was. This is nineteen. Yeah, it just resurfaces. You know what? Uh, maybe it wasn't. Okay. Well, uh, at the very least, I thought it was. No, I, th I think it is. Uh, a Netflix created movie. But then I'm seeing it says in cinemas on the movie poster. Maybe that's like a joke. Uh, anyways, uh, the movie is Mindhorn. And what I was going to say, if this is not Netflix created, at the very least it is Netflix promoted very heavily. So that every time I would go on Netflix, this would sort of pop up and say, Hey, hey, Jordan. We think you would like this movie. And uh, I got to say, quite often, because I believe I went into Netflix and uh, sort of religiously uh, always rate things, uh, they sort of get to know what you like. Uh, people can sort of poo-poo that and think, oh, the, the, your privacy. Don't you care about your privacy? Uh, I'm not up to no good. I'm not up to no good. Oh boy. Uh, so uh, if me, if them knowing me a little more than perhaps others would feel comfortable with means that I'm going to get good movie recommendations, I don't give a shit. Uh, so Mindhorn kind of falls into that category. Um, I, I don't know what expectations I went in with. It's definitely a weird, and I do like weird. Uh, let me read the IMDA. Maybe that'll tell something. Uh, has been actor best known for playing the title or titular, I prefer, character in the 1980s detective series Mindhorn must work with the police when a serial killer says that he will only speak with Detective Mindhorn, whom he believes to be a real person. Uh, the actor, who is the actor who plays him? He's really good. Uh, that would be... Uh, Julian Barrett. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen him in stuff. He kind of looks familiar. You got Steve Coogan in here. Uh, he, he was good. Uh, he's always good. Uh, so rating wise, I think I got to go like a solid four. Yeah, definitely uh, enjoyed while watching and potentially would watch again. If they made other Mindhorn ones, it's got to get a little uh, Johnny English feel. Uh, a little uh, guy who's over his head, who's uh, that sort of classic, thinks he's uh, hot shit, but it's really cold to diarrhea. You know what? I swear, I think they actually used that joke in the movie. But I think instead of cold diarrhea, they said cold fart. Wow, that's weird. I, I, I think they actually did that in this movie. Huh. Today's television talk sponsor is Doug Judy's Pontiac Dealership. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, talking Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 9. No, that would be kind of interesting, but no, we're talking Season 4. Because, I don't even know if, are they making Season 5? Let me, uh, yeah, okay, it looks like they're at least potentially making Season 5. Okay, uh, I think... Uh, if I do recall, if my memory is at all accurate, which quite often it is not, uh, I did Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 1, 2, 3, 
uh, in a previous television talk, if I had to guess. Uh, and the way this sort of works is as they release new seasons of shows that I watch, I'll, I'll, I'll bring them back season by season. It's sort of my, my usual modus operandi. Which is a term that perhaps someone working in a uh, uh, in Brooklyn in a police uh, uh, store could uh, use a police store. Oh my God! But there there may be something wrong with my brain today. I think it is a combination of two things. Uh, the Steam summer sale just ended, and uh, that sort of like got me amped up. I think that 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 thing does things to your brain. Uh, and, and then I've got this weird thing where I haven't been sleeping, which, uh, slowly, the more I am affected by lack of sleep, the slower and more inevitably I move towards insanity, which is not a good thing. Uh, anyway, speaking of insanity, uh, the season starts off with, uh, Jake and, uh, what the hell is the, 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 the chief dude guy uh hiding out in florida in a sort of witness low relocation thing uh jake's trying to uh, pretend to be a uh, atv salesman uh it's funny because this season has almost what i would classify as three separate maybe even four story arcs which is impressive uh the story arc of them being in witness relocation and then there's them out of it returning but then being on the night shift uh, and trying to get off that that's sort of a another separate story arc and then there is let's see if i could figure out the other ones the fugitive okay so yeah then there's uh doug judy uh and trying to catch Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug Judy and trying to catch his brother. And last, uh, how the season ended is uh, Jake and Rosa um, framed for a whole whack of things and potentially, at least, going to prison. So uh, something I sort of love of a show is they could have... And I think other shows would have uh, taken one of those ideas and used it for an entire season and sort of just run with that in the in the background as a sort of main story arc that you revisit throughout. But instead, they did four uh, and really jam-packed in shit happening left, right, and center throughout. Uh, not to mention that this show uh, consistently generating laughter in my belly means that easy easy for me to give it a five out of five um you have as you do in these sort of ensemble casts stories devoted to different people i think the jake and uh oh shit what's the uh, boil jake and boil ones are probably my favorite one or when jake uh, and doug judy played by uh, let me see if I could find that guy's name. Uh, when they're together, that's probably the best good cop, bad. This is Pontiac, the uh, car thief uh, that you will see. Uh, it, it could be a movie or a TV show onto itself. Uh, Craig Robertson, who you will no doubt remember from perhaps the Office, the Office, among other things. Uh, yeah, them together, uh, you could tell that the show in general has a lot of uh, making shit up on the fly, but those two together, 
you kind of get the feeling they're trying to one-up each other and make each other crack, but uh, really good 5 out of 5 stuff going on there. Today's book banter sponsor is a little bit of fries and ketchup. Mmm. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I uh, got a uh, book for you in this book banter. I know we've been uh, skimping a little bit, but uh, I seem to uh, mistaken, not mistakenly, just because I don't plan things, if, if that's not obvious good i guess uh don't plan things and sometimes pick two very very long books back to back which means uh, i didn't have back to back uh book banters but i jammed in some double movie monologues as i do because why not uh we're gonna talk uh the fry chronicles which is of course the chronicles of a stephen fry who you may know from many things uh, from acting, you may know more. Uh, I know him probably most from the television show QI, just where I've had the sort of most exposure to him. But uh, I've also read now two of his books because he's just sort of a fascinating, uh, well-read and written individual. So uh, I like a biography about someone who I have an interest in, and that would describe Stephen Fry. Uh, this is it's got in brackets here memoir number two because i believe there's a few more uh the first one i read oh shit let's see if we can uh, i i know i spoke about it either in a book wednesday way back in the day or a book banter not so way back in the day something with like hippopotamus or some weird thing in the title anyways we're not here to talk about the previous book i read but this one uh let me read the goodreads which may give a little bit of an idea of what it is about. Uh, Stephen Fry arrived at Cambridge University as a convicted fraudster and thief, an addict, liar, fantasist, and failed suicide. Uh, convinced that any moment he would be sent away. Instead, he befriended bright young things like Emma Thompson and Hugh Laurie, and he emerged in one as, uh, as one of the most promising comic talents in the world. This is the engrossing, hilarious, and utterly compelling story of how the Stephen the world knows, or thinks it knows, found his way. Tales of champagne, love, and conspiracy consumption jostle with insights into broadway and tv stardom a feat of trademark wit and verbal brilliance this is a book unafraid of confronting the chasm that separates celebrity from a young man's personal reality that i feel almost like he wrote it because that is very well written like this book is i will say if you don't like uh, flowery speech uh, w starting to read this book he even points out <laughs> uh, you may not if you like a sort of quick this happens this happens this happens book uh, this may not be for you um, I do not care well you know what I, I could go either way uh, I, I should say it that way I, I like that style of writing but uh, it, it's also nice to experiment with different styles of writing like 
this. Uh, something I always thought that uh, English teachers would often say, and I don't know if this is a quote exactly or just something that I have seen over the years, it's uh, don't use a large word when a diminutive when a diminutive phrase can be utilized, uh, <clears throat> which is sort of a joke, sort of, uh, but he's not afraid to use that diminutive phrase instead of a, uh, <laughs> instead of using a small word, if you see what I mean. Uh, so it makes it all this sort of flowing and poetic and very interesting, combined with the fact that the stories he's actually telling are, are quite fascinating. Like, I had no idea of the sort of troubles with the law that he had um or the addiction was more in the form of two legal things for the most part uh at first sugar and then tobacco and how he overcame those uh really just 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 a great look into an interesting man so hey why not four to five out of five depending on things Today's game cabin sponsor is Dinosaur Self-Destruct Systems Incorporated. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, continuing on with my thing that I said I would never do again and probably did a couple of times during the Steam Summer Sale, which is buying games that are like the video game Rust. Rust clones, you might call them. Uh, in this case, the case of a game called Hurt World, uh, I do believe may have actually been out before Rust. Um, has been on my radar for years for th for that very reason, and uh, was like thirty to fifty percent off on the sale. So I decided to scratch that itch of buying Rust-like games, even though Rust is the one I always go back to because it's always better. Uh, I will say this Hurt World has been the closest to that experience in terms of my level of enjoyment and in actual game style. Uh, does a few things different, uh, one of which is it has cars. Yeah, uh, you have to, if you want to be able to find a car, uh, either have a shit ton of time to devote on a sort of normal server or find a server that is sort of car friendly. And even then, I got to say, it took me probably a dozen tries and 10 plus hours. Well, maybe not that much. It took me a goddamn long time to find a car body. Uh, because what... Uh, so what do, what do I mean when I say all of, of these words? All of these English words that may not make sense. Uh, I just realized I haven't really explained anything. Uh, if you don't know what rust is. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, okay, so basically you find yourself in a world where you're trying to survive. Uh, you're gathering resources. Uh, you're traveling through this world trying to survive both animals that could kill you. Uh, trying to survive the environment, be it hot, cold, radiation... Uh, and then probably most likely to kill you of all is other people playing the same game uh, online uh, and quite often they're fucking assholes. So uh, those are the things that you're sort of fighting against. Um, 
Now, when I say servers, you'll go on one where uh, every time you find a resource, instead of finding just one, you'll find 10. Makes it a little easier. Uh, you'll find one where uh, you'll start off with a gun, uh, whereas normally you'd have to build the gun. Uh, the one that I found that made the sort of car thing uh, a little easier is uh, a car needs four wheels, engine, piston, and gas. So you could sort of get a kit, they call it, uh, where then all of that would appear in your inventory. And then all you had to do was find like the, the, the chassis of a car. You'd have to find like the body of a car and then assemble everything together. Then you have a car and then you can drive around. Now, that being said, it took me a long time and many deaths from heat, cold, radiation, and those aforementioned monsters of both the monster and human variety before I able, was able to find the car. Uh, once I did, it was pretty fun. And that was the one sort of up that it had versus uh, Rust, because Rust uh, doesn't have cars. It was like broken down ones, but never any you can drive. So uh, it was fun to do that and run over a shit ton of people. Hopefully some of the same people who fucking killed me so many times. Uh, if not, uh, well, apologies, I guess. <sighs> okay, so game number two. Oh, and I, I should say, just on the note of games and Steam Summer Sale, uh, I probably will have some good game gabbins coming up as I sort of work my way through stuff. Uh, game number two, a very, very deep blast from the past, which probably, if my timer is any indication, I uh, don't have much time to talk of, and plus I plan to play this coming weekend, is uh, Turok 2 Seeds of Evil, which is a game I had for... Was shit, was it Nintendo 64 or Super Nintendo? Anyways... Uh, it was a game I had way back in the day. In fact, I do still have uh, that I think. Uh, and I'm loving it, so you know what? I'll bring that back next uh, game gather. <coughs> Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is uh, the Voidfish Repressed Memory Clinic. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first is the Adventure Zone, specifically the Stolen Century Arc. What do all those words mean? Uh, I have spoken of the Adventure Zone podcast on this, which is also a podcast, uh, numerable times, and my love of it, five out of five. I don't usually rate things in internet intercourse, but I will that. Uh, and it has recently completed a arc. If you're unfamiliar with, I mean, with what I mean by that, it is a Dungeons & Dragons-ish podcast. Uh, and a story arc can mean several different things, but in this case it means... Uh, a sort of prequel explaining how the story so far came to happen, uh, I think is a good way to look at it. Uh, just, just incredible storytelling combined with great players means that uh, I sort of envy it. Uh, and my decision to take some of the ideas and things I've learned from listening to this podcast and bring them over to my own game that I'm running... 
uh, just sort of put the nail further into the coffin of me thinking that's a good idea. Uh, something they did very interesting is they sort of, for this whole arc, this, this prequely arc, uh, abandoned traditional Dungeons and Dragons gameplay and, uh, sort of made up their own. And, uh, the reason I, they did this <coughs> was, uh, was pretty genius. Uh, uh, they had so much story to tell that to tell it through traditional D&D would have probably taken literally years. So they sped up story, slowed down game mechanics, and I felt like they didn't really lose anything by doing that. Uh, I, I suppose there's people out there who would think the opposite of that, but uh, I play and run D&D more for the reason of telling a story than just sitting and rolling dice and having fights. Uh, I mean, both things I think are needed and he didn't totally lose all of that, but, uh, to strip it down to focus more on story, if you need to, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if, and over the course of this, this arc, there was laughter. There was, there was tears. Definitely the last episode, Jesus fucking Christ hit you in the feels, man. I won't give anything away because I hope you never listen to this podcast again and instead listen to every episode of The Adventure Zone uh, because it is a way better thing than this. Moving on to Rob Paulson's 2017 update to Yakko's World. What do those words mean? I feel like I'm saying that a lot, so maybe I will work that into the title. Uh, what do those words mean and then usually i'll try to throw the word boobs in there somewhere it's because i find that helps <coughs> excuse me uh yeah uh if you watched uh yakko wacko and dot of the animaniacs you will know that's uh yakko at one point sang a song catchy little ditty that had the name of every country on earth but what you may not know is since he did that, I guess it would be back in the 90s or late 80s even. Jesus, I'm old. Uh, a, a lot of things have changed, uh, including the addition of new countries, uh, maybe getting rid of some of the old ones. So he uh, updated it and sang it on a Nerdist-related thing on the YouTubes. Uh, I highly recommend you go. Uh, it's a, if for some reason you need to remember all of the names of the country, this would be a perfect way to do so uh okay last but not least i uh, see i think i've done this before <laughs> i ran out of time to talk about this thing uh speaking of dungeon mastering i have created in uh excel slash a google doc uh a google note uh, a tool that if you are a dungeon master i believe would be very helpful uh it's broken up into uh different tabs so we've got table of contents story uh, encounter tracker, uh, encounter outline and picks, uh, monsters. That's just like a list of monsters available. Books, uh, future plans slash ideas and house rules. And one, one shot story and encounters. So, uh, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit. I, I know we're out of time, but uh, I think this is the second time I've wanted to talk about this. <coughs> and uh, last time I was really out of time. 
so the way I've sort of devised this is that uh, you're going to spend most of your time on the story tab, uh, which is broken up into uh, uh, shit. What do you call that? Uh, a header with a story or encounter, and then a, a brief one sentence description. Uh, then notes slash detail, which will go uh, into much more detail of what's happening at that given moment. Uh, and then I've got uh, ambient sounds and ambient visuals. Uh, so if you uh, click on one of those, uh, for example, I'll just give away, and it is a very strong trope, but uh, I like it nonetheless. Uh, my story starts in a tavern. So when I click on the tavern of the story session one start, uh, I'm going to get some sounds that sound like a tavern. Uh, when I click on the visuals, it's going to be a pic of the inside of the tavern. Uh, and then the next tab is maps, which when I click on will be a copy of the map. Uh, I will also have a printed off copy of the map for people to place their little things on. Um, then I've got uh, the next column is loot and random items. Uh, then there's, oh, I think I skipped one. Uh, next one is traps and puzzles, then loot and random items, then NPCs. Uh, then I have uh, just a little teeny column for if they're leveling. I work on a, uh, a leveling system not based on XP, but based on milestones. Um, then I've got loot found pre-identified. So that's just, uh, if they find anything like, uh, a magic item that they don't know what it is or like a cursed item because I don't want to tell them what it is. Um, so I'll, I'll have the note there, what it is and who has it so that when eventually they do identify it, I'll have somewhere to go back to, uh, and I think that's it for there. And then going down the side, it's basically story, encounter, story, encounter, story, encounter, story, encounter. Um, that, that sort of idea. Uh, when you click on an encounter, it will take you to the encounter tracker. Uh, the encounter tracker is broken up into initiative. Uh, in that column, I have a little star that I can move up and down once I know the initiative. Uh, then I've got a column players slash, uh, I, I guess you could say PCs and NPCs. And then I've got uh, monster slash baddie. Uh, th that's all sort of in one column, so I can have them all in an order. Uh, eight, then I've got HP max, uh, AC, armor class, and then hit tracking. Hit tracking is kind of cool because uh, all you have to do is type in minus and whatever number and it will automatically do the math for you uh, from your max HP uh, then I've got notes and conditions for the players so uh, for example one of my players is fire resistant so I have a note of that uh, and then for the monster baddies I've got main attack and secondary attack uh, and a little more detail on the monsters baddies is because obviously I'm the one controlling them. So I've got uh, monster manual with uh, notes and conditions as well. So for example, if I scroll down to say, let's just pick a cool one at random, a water elemental 
I can see that it's got something called Whelm, which has a DC 17 strength check, 10 feet reach, uh, 15 bludge damage, plus grappled, half on success, can Whelm to at once. So that's sort of like grappling and um, drowning them, I guess. Oh, that's kind of cool. <coughs> Uh, okay, then I have Encounter Outline. Uh, this is more just where I kept the pictures of each. So, for example, I could click on that Water Elemental, and then a picture of a Water Elemental will come up. Oh, I should mention, or should have already mentioned, that uh, the way I do it is have a PC with this hooked up to my television, so I could sort of throw up pictures and maps and the ambience and all that stuff. Um, this page, this encounter outline and pics was more sort of just bare bones, whereas in the tracker, it's got more, like I could probably get rid of this or hide it for now. Yeah, maybe I'll do that because it was just me sort of planning roughly, uh, whereas in the tracker, I've put in a lot more detail. So why don't I hide that? I can't think of why. Uh, you know what? I'm going to hide it. Hopefully I remember that I hide it. Uh, hide it, hit it. Uh, Monsters is uh, really just a, a list online I found of uh, 5e monsters. It's a complete list. You, that way you can arrange it by uh, uh, CR number or it's got all the monster manual page. Um, it's got some basic things like attack, uh, attack damage, HP, AC. Uh, I probably don't really need that as much anymore either since I've taken a lot of it and moved it over to the tracker where I've needed it. Uh, the next one is books, which is kind of cool. Um, I found online, it cost me like a dollar, uh, this thing where it's a list of a hundred different books that my players will be able to find sort of within the world. And each book sort of grants a different thing to them. Uh, some of them good, some of them bad, so uh, they're, they're sort of uh, rolling the dice, literally, uh, depending on which book they get, so kind of a cool little idea. Future plans and ideas, this is exactly what it says. Uh, house rules are my house rules. Uh, and why don't we end with me reading my house rules, because uh, a lot of people... Uh, are sort of fascinated, myself included, of what people who DM, what their, their sort of table rules are. Uh, uh, rule number one, fun is more important than rules. <laughs> uh, fun and role-playing are more important than the rules. If you can logically use role-play to explain something, it may, I underlined that, trump what the official rule is. Rule number two, don't be late. D&D time is precious. So we will start without you and there will be in-game penalties if you are late. Penalties can be waived if you can roleplay a good reason why your character is late for adventure. Again, roleplay, trumping rule. Uh, no cell phones. Ideally phones off or only used for emergencies, during breaks, or to look up spells and such. Uh, number four, DM, me, has final say. DM has final say in all decisions, but super elaborate and deep logical roleplay may sway him on decisions. Again, roleplay, sway. Uh, questions are good. Uh, like with anything, you can't learn the intricacies if you don't ask questions. 
save general questions for pre or post game, but ask questions related to what you are currently doing as needed. Uh, the reasons I had that is because in the game I played in, uh, people uh, would ask questions just about random spells that they were thinking of taking at higher levels that had nothing to do with what was actually happening. Uh, and it used to drive me insane. Uh, I don't think the players I'm playing with now would do that, but put the rule to be safe. Uh, specificity is the soul of narrative. Don't say I hit the bad guy. Say instead, I smash my flaming axe towards the orc's exposed belly. Uh, don't forget your character sheet. Uh, rule number seven. Uh, take your pick. Take a pic of it on your phone or uh, for a just-in-case backup. No sheet plus no backup equals disadvantage on all rolls. Yeah, uh, like if someone uh, showed up with neither, I didn't want them to be totally fucked. Just a little fucked. Uh, backstories get bonuses. Uh, if you write an elaborate and interesting backstory, I will try to use elements from it and may even make a special side quest for you, which I have done. Don't tell anybody. Um, do not touch the fog of war. Fog of war is the name of the sheets covering the unexplored portions of the map. Your character does not know what is under these sheets, so neither do you. Oh, I printed off these kind of cool, uh, mostly... This is why you use a printer at work. Uh, mostly black uh, pages with like glowing red eyes in them that I use as a fog of war. Uh, cheaters never win. Rule number 10. Uh, winners never cheat. Cheaters will suffer serious consequences, including loss of limbs. Good luck shooting a bow with only one hand. Uh, I don't think anyone would, but it doesn't hurt to throw that in there. Uh, take notes. You can all take notes and or assign one person to take detailed notes so you know where you have been and where you are going. Luckily, someone volunteered to do that, and they are going to get extra books of those books that I mentioned. Uh, give notes. Hmm, this is the last rule. Uh, know what your weapon abilities and most importantly, magic and magic items do. Have detailed notes or easy access to this info. Player's handbook handy? List in Google Notes. Prizes will be awarded for most detailed notes. I love a good note. I love a good list. Folks, that's it. What a little long. I did not mean to do that, but hey, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. 
Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper.